0: This is Chip with The Real Dirt, and on today's Dirt, we're going to be speaking to Jessica Baker, renowned author and educator, herbalist, doctor of Chinese medicine, acupuncturist, uh, many, many, many letters behind her name about the federal legalization in Canada, as well as the new taxonomy of cannabis and how that you can train your employees, how you can train your bud tenders and how you can start talking about Cannabis in the, the most uh, sophisticated way possible. So sit back, fire it up, and enjoy this episode of The Real Dirt. Hey, this is Chip from The Real Dirt. And today, I have Jessica Baker on the real dirt. Jessica is a established author, a famed educator. She is an acupuncturist, a doctor of Chinese medicine, as well as an herbalist. Welcome, Jessica.
1: Thanks for having me on the show, Chip. You know I love the real dirt. <laughs>
0: I know do you li- are, are you a subscriber do you listen to all the episodes I do
1: subscribe I don't listen to all the episodes <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes you know now, I here's
0: your excuse I don't want to hear it <laughs> um, you're supposed to just lie to me and tell me you listen to all my
1: episodes
0: every single episode every single episode <sighs> So, uh, yeah, Jessica is my wife of 11 years, and we we both share the love of cannabis. And just this week, we were in Seattle as uh, Canada legalized cannabis, federally legalized for cannabis. That was uh, when we first came to California, we went to Canada.
1: We did. That was one of the first places that we traveled outside of Humboldt County.
0: Yeah, we went. We went up there, got some seeds at Old Mark Emery's place, and it was. It was. We thought it was legal up there then.
1: It it appeared to be quasi legal. We could smoke in one location, mm-hmm. and there was a quasi legal cannabis buy. <laughs> Associated with smoking at that location.
0: No, I remember the, the instructions were: go to the back of the bar and wait by the jukebox, and somebody will come up to you.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I remember that too. And but we could smoke at that location. This was um on Hastings.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. A I Mills mean, coffee shop, like for sure. Yeah, it was. And I mean, in, in Mark Emery's bookshop and seed shop, we smoked out.
1: We totally smoked out in the back of that seed shop, totally. And that's where we got our favorite. Some of our favorite cannabis. Some of our favorite cannabis.
0: cannabis. Uh, uh, Jasmine. We were just a super silver haze hybrid or silver haze hybrid, not super silver silver haze Haze hybrid. Yeah, we just and
1: golden boy.
0: Yeah, we just uh, smoked some of that. Just only moments before this show, plants still, uh, genes are still alive. After Keeping all nineties time, randomly people will come up to us with that. What do you think is going to happen up there?
1: What do I think is going to happen with Canada Yeah, and legalization? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all sorts of things can happen. One, the big fear that everybody has is like big corporate Canada is going to take it over. And then, it's going to be
0: like the old days where BC buds dominate the. Oh,
1: let's
0: hope not. <laughs> <laughs> to our Canadian fans, what you don't realize is by the time all that weed got shipped down to us, it just looked really bad, and like you know, uh, and, and a lot of the commercial stuff really overstepped the high quality product that that you guys know and love.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So you know. I think it depends on one, how much pressure the United States gives them, because obviously they're trying to front hard right now. But I think that eventually, just because they're not going to have a choice, they're not going to have any repercussions. Right. And I mean, so
0: supposedly, like the US government is banning workers of cannabis uh, companies from Canada coming to the US. And, you, you know, know we've heard some rumors, uh, well, rumors, <laughs> CNN, but. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I think what I got out of that article was that I think they're banning people who work at cannabis dispensaries from coming over here and working. But I think as long as it's a travel, if they're just coming to like for a vacation, I think it was okay.
0: Yeah, but I mean... But there was so
1: much other propaganda in that video that I couldn't even, you know, it was hard to discern what they were right. actually trying but to say. But I mean, the,
0: the industry is, is, it's so like, it's, I, I mean... The, it's so interconnected. It's so small, especially the large scale commercial stuff. You know, it's hard not to like work all over the, you know, work all over the country.
1: Right. No, that's true. Right. But you know what I was thinking with Canada and what that could mean is, are they, uh, they allow outside of country sales to other countries that want to yeah, buy imports them, right? and,
0: I believe imports and exports.
1: So if they can import and export, that is huge. And that's definitely going to change the face of oh, yeah, can international like, cannabis, can maybe not like U.S. cannabis.
0: Colombia, you know. Uruguay, and BC Bud.
1: See, that would be the benefit. I mean, because if you could be somewhere where maybe the weed was not so good and you could get BC Bud, <laughs> you'd be stoked. <laughs> <laughs> At least I would be stoked, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, totally. I can't speak for totally, everyone else. Totally. But No, we've been all over the world. We've been able to usually get pretty good weed. Something I brag about is I can get a good sack pretty much anywhere.
1: I usually have that brag and then I went to China.
0: Oh yeah, that that's and the right.
1: weed I don't I mean it was probably you, some though. sort of hemp. It had to have been hemp, but it just, nothing about it was good, you know. All
0: right. You got, you got, it just helped you with your endocannabinoid deficiency that you were Maybe a
1: little bit. Just the act of smoking something was probably fulfilling. Right. Until it hurt my throat.
0: And you're like, (laughs) ah, done with this rabbit shit. The big talk is the publicly traded companies in Canada. All the money that's up there. It's an incredible, uh, huge area, but there's only 30 million people there. Right. Yep. I don't know. To have all of this incredible, like economic churning, just wonder how it's going to pan out. I mean, it's usually cheaper for stuff in Canada, right? Or is it more expensive? I can't remember.
1: You know, I guess the, it depends ex- on what how what the exchange is. Well, the exchange is, rate, you know? right. The exchange Cause rate. Because we've been before where it's two to one in our favor, and we've been there before when it was two to one in their favor. Mm-hmm.
0: They sell 400 uh, milligram ibuprofens up there, though. I remember
1: that. I remember they had good ginger candy too. But I was like, why can't we get this ginger candy in the US? Right. But I do remember, I mean, it's been a while since we've spent that much time in Canada, but I do remember in BC, in, I mean, in Vancouver, I feel like things were more expensive, but in general, I thought it was cheaper. But again, exchange rate. Right. Was so in I, think, our favor. I think they're
0: going to allow uh, shipment of the weed directly to the consumer from the grower in the mail. There's federal banking. Uh, The stock market is flooded in billions and billions of speculated dollars. The huge amount of money and influx into money uh, and influx into it is, is just like, it's incredible. The stories we hear, you know? So I I don't know. I'm excited to see how it happens. Uh, Just kind of think about Oregon and how, you know, poor Oregon's doing these days because the state allowed so much growth didn't regulate it at all for a sustainable industry.
1: You know, absolutely. And I think there was just so much greed on the part of everyone okay. trying to make money off the, the quote unquote green rush. Yeah, totally. And um, I don't think, I think like many things, they aren't thought out for long term and it's like jump by night, you know, like, oh, let's just get into this. Um, but I also think it does, economically, it may not be a good thing for all people, but Anytime we have freedom of the plant, that overrides just about everything in my book. When we stop demonizing an herbal medicine, then, you know, so what if it didn't work for a bunch of people who jumped into it to make money, whether or not they'd been in the cannabis industry before or not?
0: Yeah, right. Preach it, sister. Preach it, sister. <laughs> it's for the plant.
1: I'm usually for plants more than people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think that'd be a popular bumper sticker. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Plants before people.
1: It's true though. We, actually. Plants actually, were here before people. Actually, so it's only you know, fair that we, we didn't think plants, about their longevity. not we wouldn't have
0: people. You Absolutely not. You can 100% not. say, oh, actually, now I'll promote this bumper sticker. Plants before people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Canada's always been more superior than the U.S. in so many ways. I like to say it's a, uh, a, a an alternate dimension, you know. Whenever we go up there, it's an alternate universe. It's kind of just just like just like our place, but slightly different, you know. Like if you were going in the movies, and you go into get spun into an alternate universe by hopping into a hot tub or something, and the, the the light switch is always on the right side when you walk into your house, but now it's on the left, you know. It's, that's kind of like Canada. But, you know, Jessica, the reason that I brought you on the show today was a couple of days ago, we were in the kitchen talking about, talking about cannabis. We were talking, I, I was bitching about bud tenders asking me if I preferred indica or sativa. I'm a grower at heart, so I always want to talk about plants and their growth patterns. And, uh, you know, I, I was complaining about it. You you kind of like uh, uh, turned my, my th- thoughts and theories about what was Indica and Sativa upside down a little bit there. You know, I wanted to have you on the show to uh, explain it to me and all the rest of you bud tenders that are listening to it out there uh, that want to sound really and be really informative. To all you growers out there, so you can speak on a higher level. Now, I still prefer to talk about cannabis and clones or strains. However, indica and sativa is how we talk about it.
1: Absolutely. Everyone just says indica or sativa, regardless of who you are. If you're smoking it, if you're going to buy it, if you're selling it, if you're making a product with it. Everyone just has this falsehood, I guess. Right. About hear, a it's what's in the sativa.
0: media and like the newest, the, 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 the people, your mom that wants to sound cool. Right. She asks you <laughs> for a sativa. Hey, do you have any sativa? Because it keeps me really up and I don't want to have cash lock. Exactly. Because she read that, you know. <laughs> exactly. So now
1: she thinks she's cool. But before, you know, everyone. Your mom is cool. <laughs> my mom is pretty cool. So, um, hi, mom. She probably listens to every episode.
0: <laughs> I, she, I'm gonna get her to subscribe. I need subscribers. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the real dirt, please, please, please join us on iTunes and subscribe to the Real Dirt podcast.
1: Okay, back to this myth of Sativa <laughs> and Indica. And that is I'm gonna I'll go over the commonly held beliefs and then we'll talk about why that's false and why I believe. Okay. Okay. We should be, you know, actually speaking about cannabis in a more sophisticated manner because we think we know so much about it anyway, which is a whole nother subject, Um, just about how much humans think we know. But in terms of sativa and indica, what people believe is that sativas are the plants that grow tall. Grow tall. And have narrow leaves.
0: Right. And And
1: then they say you get high from the sativa. It's invigorating. uh, It's it's uh, more cerebral, uplifting, heart pounding high. Yeah, man. And then with the Indica, they say they're shorter, stouter plants with broad don't leaves. Grow. And they don't grow very you know, very quickly or fast or, you know, much at all. Dense buds. And that it's physically sedating.
0: Couch lock,
1: bruh.
0: I'm just gonna sit here.
1: And so all even though now at least some people who talk about cannabis understand that the effects that we get from cannabis are from the cannabinoids. So There's over, at least over a 100. I've read some places, 160 cannabinoids. So THC, CBD, CBN, CBG, CBC. Um, THCV,
0: THC. CA,
1: right. And then there's a 100 plus more that we don't even know what they are or what to call them. So we act like we know (laughs) all this about cannabis. And it's like, well, here's all these other things. We don't really know what they do. Um, So we know that the effect is elicited by the cannabinoids. And then what's like the terpenoids. So those are the aromatic molecules that people are talking about, myrcene, limonene, or limonene, depending on how you say it, pinene.
0: So you're saying it's not just the THC that's getting me high?
1: No, but the THC is definitely getting you high. Oh, thanks. (laughs) But you know, so there's just a lot of things that are going on that are eliciting these effects. And whether it's a quote unquote indica or sativa kind of has nothing to do with it because the most recently revised hypothesis regarding the taxonomy of cannabis
0: hypothesis. So, so
1: there are, it's always a hypothesis, right? Right. Because we can't really prove what we're trying to say. We just think based on, you know, all of these ethnobotanists and botanists who understand plant classification in general, are saying maybe this is what's happening. And so this is the most recent, most generally approved theory. But just like with science, somebody's always going to be there to say, no, my theory might actually be right. Right. but
0: Okay. But
1: Robert Clark, in his book, Cannabis, Evolution and Ethnobotany, broke down the most recent hypothesis um, in a way that I thought was really interesting and just because I really trust his work. Seems the most valid to me.
0: Last episode.
1: The most recent hypothesis says that most of the biotypes that we get in North America are actually cannabis indica, and that cannabis sativa includes really only European hemp. So it's really cannabis indica, regardless
0: where it is all over the world.
1: Where it is all over the world, other than. The, the, what we know as European hemp, which is cannabis sativa.
0: Okay, so, all right. You mean that when they banned cannabis sativa way back in the 30s, right, that it's just a, a little ironic that now, all this time later, we're saying that's hemp. And that's really what they were banning way back then. They were just claiming there was all this crazed drug people they were really just banning cannabis sativa. So I wonder what the thought pattern was way back then.
1: You know, I think they probably, one, weren't thinking about botany in general. So they weren't thinking about the classification of plants and had no idea that by that time, there it was, was
0: just all cannabis sativa to them.
1: It was all cannabis sativa to them, but really there have been even today, people are like, is there? Is it just cannabis sativa? Do we have cannabis sativa and indica? Do we have cannabis sativa, indica, and ruderalis? And then most people disagree. There was the fourth of the cannabis, Afghanica. But, you know, they're still having that debate alone, whether is it really just cannabis sativa regardless, or do we have this more broad? There used to be, you know, it started with ruderalis, and then it went into cannabis sativa and indica.
0: And then people... Then people chose chose it for uh, the the cannabinoid content, and that became the indica
1: well, you know well, the indica was always just the one that they found from India, and that happened to be a what we call the drug variety as opposed to the hemp variety. so if we 're going to break this down even further, we'll just say that there's actually seven distinct Biotypes of three species that came from six subspecies that are now extinct or thought to be extinct.
0: No way.
1: So it gets deeper than just, again, can of Indicator Right. All right, all right,
0: all right, all right, audience. <clears throat> I want you to sit back here. We're going to take a little break. I want you to roll one up and wait for your mind to be blown. Because apparently it's not just Indica and Sativa anymore. We'll be right back, real dear. All right, so Jessica fixing to give us the new taxonomy on cannabis. There's not just Endicons, anymore. All right, let's hear it.
1: You know, the thing is, I wish this was new. It's not really that new. We're just not caught on to it because, one, cannabis has been illegal. So there really hasn't been that much public study so this isn't, or this isn't interest based on in
0: it. The cannabis genome project or, or you know, this is what, what year is this stuff? This is
1: two thousand three, two thousand five. Wow! So again, not really that new. It's just that most of us, myself included, really didn't have access or research this information until Robert Clark put it in his giant book, right, on cannabis evolution and ethnobotany.
0: Right, great, great book. Great. Yeah, it's great, a great book. Small letters.
1: <laughs> it's definitely a great book. Lots so, of pictures and graphs too. There are some really, really cool pictures of cannabis, that's for sure. Um hemp and ganja, you mm-hmm. know, if we I like to make that distinction that way, whether I'm talking hemp, ganja, because it's all cannabis as we it's do now. Right. It's all cannabis.
0: All right. So so how's how is cannabis how do we think cannabis may be classified?
1: Okay. So there were these ancestors, right? You know, we had that were potentially cannabis ruderalis, and then if we're talking about what we should be talking about rather than indica or sativa, especially now that we hypothesize that most of what we're seeing is cannabis indica anyway, what we need to know about at least that if we care about the ancestry of these strains, did they come from a narrow leaf hemp ancestor, a narrow leaf drug, quote unquote, drug ancestor, so higher THC level ancestor, are they a broad leaf hemp ancestor or a narrow leaf, I'm sorry, or a broad leaf drug ancestor? So what most of what we have today would be either a narrow leaf drug, if we're talking ganja, narrow leaf drug or broad leaf drug. So, it's not that the narrow leaf is sativa and the broad leaf is indica, but it's within this cannabis sativa or cannabis indica. There's narrow leaf hemp varieties, there's narrow leaf drug varieties, and broad leaf hemp varieties, and broad leaf drug varieties. So, that's really the distinction we're talking about if we're talking about the growth of cannabis.
0: Thin leaf or broad leaf?
1: Yep, narrow leaf or broad leaf. leaf But you could say thin leaf. leaf.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, I'm confused. I'm sure we just confused everybody else there. So, it's still cannabis sativa, but it's broadleaf and narrowleaf hemp and broadleaf and narrowleaf drug cultivar.
1: Yes, and I don't like the word drug cultivar. I like to just say it was like the hashish cultivars, but <laughs> in the book, they call it drug. So yes, that's absolutely right. Okay. Whether it's hemp or ganja, it can have narrow leaf or broad leaf.
0: Okay, so so there's still Indican sativa?
1: Yes, but they postulate that the cannabis sativa was the European hemp.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just been bred into the drug varieties or... Or into the Indian varieties, or
1: absolutely. I mean, there is some of that, yeah.
0: right, right, yeah. right. So, okay, cause... okay. So, this one I'm getting from you because I always look at things in time trade. So, in India, in India, they were a little bit more enlightened and had started to to select cannabis for extraction for for hashish extraction for THC. And in Europe, they were just making rope and drinking beer.
1: Well, I think it did. They had some
0: whiskey too. Huh? Right.
1: And I think there was some quote unquote indica that wasn't just from India. So there were other places that had also tuned into the fact that you could also get high off it. You know, and I also just think it, it happens to be with trade because we do know that hemp was being produced in Southeast Asia and Central Asia for thousands of years before it made it to Europe. So there were variety. You know, they do think that, like Eurasia and other places, there were um, wild hemp that was grown, that was actually from there and not traded in. You know, not brought in by somebody else. Right. Um, but again, all of these are just they. They haven't proved anything. They're all just thinking that this is true. So it could just be that
0: because there's a net one
1: a- was less messed with or had more one had more human interaction and one had less human interaction so one just stayed hemp longer because they weren't using it as a drug
0: right they weren't selecting it for that they They weren't selecting it right
1: and potentially stayed wild longer
0: this is this is this is what i'm getting out of this maybe the wild stuff you, you mentioned was might, might be the ruderalis earlier. Did you, you spoke about that, or you, do you think the ruderalis is, is the sativa as well?
1: The ruderalis is the ancestor of everything.
0: The ruderalis is the ancestor of everything. So wild hemp, ancestral hemp is ruderalis, and it spread across the northern latitudes to become cannabis sativa and in Europe, and it spread went south – And people started, were selecting it for its other attributes instead of uh, fiber or textiles. And that's the way that our modern cannabis was developed.
1: Very close. Mm -hmm. So the theory says that the Ruderalis or another extinct Uh, cannabis that we don't really know what to call it. Sure. Through natural selection in Southern Europe became the potential hemp ancestor.
0: Yeah, because it went then, further south so it could grow, have a yep, have a have a better growth cycle. And then
1: exactly. And then in East Asia, we got the um, potential drug, quote unquote, ancestor. Getting fucked up. Getting fucked up. And then through natural and human selection is when we really like the quote unquote drug part really became more predominant because that happened. Mm-hmm. Through human selection and not so much natural selection. Because of course, we are like, oh, I don't know. I like the one that gets me um, uh, feeling Ooh. funny. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the seeds are great to eat, but.
0: When I eat the seeds off that one over there, I get lit. <laughs> Except it sounded something a little differently. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I don't think we've solved anything here today. But basically, I'm going to start saying that just cannabis, sativas, hemp, and all the rest of it, syndica. And we should still be talking about our strains as strains and not indica or sativa.
1: Yes, we basically just need to ditch the indica sativa myth about what everyone thinks it does. And I feel like if you are in a position of working in the this new cannabis frontier, it's really your job to educate yourself on the truth and stop f- spreading myths and
0: just because you heard someone else Just say Just
1: because you heard someone say it because okay. somebody's been saying it for a few years. It's a
0: perfect opportunity. You get to help train all the bud tenders and people listening to this. Okay, so you've been into numerous dispensaries. If you were behind the counter, so to speak, how, how would we, you, would you properly approach a customer when you what? talk about this type of stuff?
1: Well, you know, this just goes into the deeper issue of, like, what's on this shelf anyway? You've got your random name of your, like, blueberry, muffin, skunk number, whatever. I mean, you know, you just got this name somebody made up. And then all people seem to care about is THC and CBD. So then they're like, this has 28% CBD based on this random lab report. And, you know, 0.02% CBD. And then they say it's an indica. So already, you know nothing about what's going, you know, the THC and the CBD, you've got some form of information, but you have nothing about what's really going on genetically. Like, you know, what's the ancestors of this strain with the random name. And then without knowing the terpene profile, you're really not going to know all the effects of this. You're going to be like, okay, it's 28% THC based on this random lab that may or may not actually be testing that properly. You're gonna be really feeling euphoric because they really, we, and maybe there's some anti inflammatory actions and maybe there's some pain relief because THC has those things. Mm-hmm. But we don't know anything about how this is gonna make you feel because. One, it's the cannabinoids. It's the terpenoids. It's the environment. It's what did the person just eat or drink? There's all these things that go into what really how this cannabis is going to make you feel.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I, get I know. Sorry, I, get it. I had right, a little right. you rant. Had to, you had to rant. You had to rant. No, I understand? <laughs> I understand? Let's just sit, let's just go into this fantasy world, right? And you're the bud tender, and I'm going to come in okay. and 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 uh, ask you for some weed. Okay. All okay. Right. Here we go, buddy. Hey man. I'm looking for some weed.
1: Okay, what kind of, What are you looking for?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know, what's the best?
1: Well, it really depends on what kind of cannabis you want to smoke on what's the best.
0: Right. I I I like it when it uh, I like I like it, I like indicus.
1: Okay, well that doesn't tell me much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great customer service. Uh all right. Well, okay. If I say I like indicas, and that means I, I, I think I like weed that makes me relaxed.
1: Relaxed, right?
0: I, I like to relax. I like indicas.
1: Okay. So really, what you want is something maybe with myrcene in it. But since none of our things are, <laughs> let us know any, anything about the terpenoid level. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But I <laughs> no, would. No,
0: okay. Say you're a sophisticated dispensary, and they have all of the secondary compounds tested.
1: For okay. It. Then I would definitely push them towards getting something with myrcene in it. Then I would say, well, what do you like it to taste like? Because based on taste alone, if they're like, well, I know that I like, you know, the citrus flavors. Then I would, regardless of myrcene content or not, unless they really needed muscle relaxant properties, mm-hmm. I would push them towards something with like tangy. Right. You know, because I, we do want to give but the customer what they want. are often considered
0: sativas. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants an indica. He came in. He said he wanted an indica that was fruity. So right. you you push him
1: to whatever fruity random thing they had on the shelf. Right.
0: Right. How do you keep from saying indica and sativa? How do you? How do you? Or, all right. All right. Let's back it like up.
1: Like if I'm walking into no, a no dispensary no 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 you're
0: you're 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 still behind the counter right? And how can you talk to the customer and tell them? That that doesn't the indica sativa thing doesn't really without like uh, uh, making them feel belittled may, maybe trying to educate them a little bit you know like how would you phrase it
1: you know I would probably just say something like you know research just came out that said most of our varieties are all cannabis indica so really they're all indica that are in the store regardless of what they say it's bro- groundbreaking news like I would make it sound like it just happened so they wouldn't feel <laughs> dumb but like. Hey, we're changing this. Well, you know, you this know? is this is
0: kind of what I I have been saying to people for years is just say that, oh, well, all this stuff here is hybrids. How do you want to feel? Right. Right. And and you're you're saying, oh, all this stuff's indica, right? How do you want to feel? Right.
1: Yeah, I like the hybrid model because that's true too. I mean, it's if, if we're going off of this,
0: it gets people out of the com out it, of the the terminology, right. Yeah. Right, which is what you're trying and to do.
1: Really what they what they're thinking in their head anyway is it's just a hybrid of two plants. And that's why it's called like tangy kush or whatever the name is.
0: Right, or even if they know what hybrid means.
1: Even if they know what hybrid right. means, right? <laughs> which they may or may not. You
0: are know, like my car? Like my car?
1: Yeah, it's like a hybrid, man. <laughs> just like your car.
0: Okay. So the bud tender should should deflect the indica sativa comb- comments
1: well i don't want to blame it on the bud tenders because that's no, i'm a not lack saying of education. i didn't say
0: blame it oh, okay. we're talking okay. about like how are we educating
1: we need to educate from the top down because that should be in the sop that the bud tender gets
0: mm-hmm. is
1: here's your cannabis education course
0: right here's your cannabis education course.
1: unless it's just like mcdonald's which is you're just wanting people to push the button you
0: just want people to push the button. you know yeah, right, right. A bud tender saying when you walk in the door, well, most of all the cannabis these days are hybrids. How do you like to feel? Do you like flavors or is there an appropriate way to ask that question? How do you like it to taste?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's what How I... How do you like
0: it to feel and taste? Yeah,
1: do you have a, you have a preference for smell or taste?
0: Yeah, okay, okay. You know? Instead of using indica and sativa. I hope some of you business owners out there, some of you dispensary owners out there, some of you growers out there, some of you bud tenders out there, really take this conversation to heart. If you can get out of that Indica sativa conversation, if you're an owner and you can redevelop your paperwork, your SOPs in order to reflect the conversation you should have, right? right? Because they are all hybrid strains. No one knows the science here and we're just fronting like we do know the science. So we might as well just talk about the hybrids, right? And, and, uh, the, the, the 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 components that they have.
1: Exactly. Like, you know, that's why the terpenes are so valuable in terms of if we really want this distinction. So we can distinct between narrow leaf, broad leaf. You know, is this something that is coming from the hemp side that we are going to start working on? Because we want something that we like, you know, from the analysis on the hemp, but we want to add that to the quote-unquote drug variety. So then... That would be important if we're talking about just how we're growing it. Do we want broad leaf? Do we want narrow leaf? Do we want it more stout or do we want it more tall? You know, and then. So the
0: growers and the breeders have different conversations they get to have. And the consumers, it's a different it's different conversation. It's how do you feel? And the grower, it's how does it grow?
1: Right. What are you looking for in the growth pattern and in the effect that people are going to get when I it's want all said buds, and done? Big buds,
0: high THC content, no leaf. I want it to stretch and uh to be bug resistant what what do you got <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna say that on the air what i got that's <laughs> almost the perfect plant um except for what i care about are what's the tarping profile because mm-hmm. what other things do we want do we want it to smell a certain way right. and if that's uh-huh. the case you know obviously i feel like a lot of these um i don't want to like name drop any varieties. But, you know, they've definitely like been working on those terpene profiles and they got all sorts of funny names for them. Mm -hmm. But if we really want to know how is this going to make someone feel, we definitely need to know what's going on with the aromatic molecules or the terpenes.
0: Well, you know, Jessica is a uh, educator of essential oils and has a essential oil line. You could find her at Baker Botanica she teaches people about essential oils throughout the country. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have her speak about cannabis. Cause she always talks about these terpenes and secondary compounds as being the, the important thing or the thing we're not talking about. Is there a way Jessica that the, the bud tender or the, the dispensary owner can can get people talking about that or educate themselves on on terpenes
1: or secondary compounds of cannabis. Absolutely. One, they can check out my webinar that I did through the American Herbalist Guild. It was a four part webinar series on cannabis that was live, but I think you can still
0: with the with the who, who the
1: American it? Herbalist Guild,
0: American Herbalist Guild.
1: They, I think, you can still. Purchase the webinar and listen to it. Now it's just not live. Okay. You know? Sure. The workshop. They have done a lot of work on trying to test very specific strains and their terpene profiles and keeping track of what terpenes are in what strain. So that's important. But if you're if you're a dispensary owner and and I'm I can't remember how it works in Colorado at least test for that THC and CBD why don't you also test for the terpene profile? So then you can come to the dispensary yeah. store owner and then to the consumer with more information because then you're not just, we get away from the indica sativa mm-hmm. and then we can say, okay. It's
0: high myrcene, it's high lim- lim- limonene. right. And right. it's high THC high or it's THC. high
1: CBD. Then we get at least some more information about what's actually going on. And then, like I said, there's all of these f- cannabinoids and terpenoids and other molecules that we have no idea what they are in plants. So we just act like they don't exist.
0: <laughs> so that that's really good advice. So, you know, it doesn't cost that much. You don't have to necessarily do it with every uh, every single batch, um, but to be able to have a gauge of what your terpene levels are. And I know in California, you know, it, it's very common for people to do it. It's not so common as Cal- Colorado. Colorado. You do see it here, though, but that's an excellent suggestion. Get a terpene chart, so you know what the terpene what what the terpene promotes, you know, whether it's pain relief or anti nausea effect or sleep aid right? Just get a terpene chart as well as get all your your products tested, and then you just train your employees
1: and you know it's funny that you say that about the terpene chart because they have those in every dispensary you walk in. They're all over the internet. They're everywhere. But then when you walk in and try to get the terpene profile from what you're about to buy, nobody has it. But right. yet, y- they talk about terpenes all the time. It's like, well, why aren't we testing and then right. sharing so, that information? So get
0: some tests out there. Stop talking Indica Sativa. Start talking terpene profile and effect. Yes. Right. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome, awesome advice, Jessica. As, as you always give me awesome advice.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> most of the
0: time <laughs> well hey man this sounds like this is feeling too much like work I think we should uh, roll one up and uh, uh, finish our day out how's, how's that sound
1: I think that sounds great
0: hey thanks for joining me here on The Real Dirt thanks Jessica I really appreciate your time thanks listeners I really appreciate your time and if you're interested in this episode and others please download it on The Real Dirt at TheRealDirt.com see ya peace Thank you for once again joining me on The Real Dirt. I really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. I'd like to thank Jessica Baker for joining me today. I know her schedule is busy today, too. Uh, If you are interested in other episodes, please download it at therealdirt.com or subscribe on iTunes at The Real Dirt Podcast. And hey, let's not forget, if you have any wholesale, commercial, or home grower equipment needs, contact us at CultivateColorado.com. We've built thousands of grow rooms across the country, and uh, if your local hydro store can't help you, then, then give us a call. Uh, Hey, I'd also like to say if you're in the Denver, Colorado area, stop by Cultivate Colorado and pick up some Growers potting soil. That's right. That's my new potting soil product, Growers. It's made from perlite, peat, and cocoa fiber. It's a perfect soilless growing medium where you can add all your own nutrients. So check it out at Cultivate Colorado today. And once again, I'd like to ask you to roll one up and stay high. Teha.